Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And ghost huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're, you're listening, listening to ghost host, Sophia Temporelli. Ian, Michael Perry. And we're here... Hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly Paranormal. Weekly, weekly at LiveParanormal.com. <laughs> this is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to ghost host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books, and you're listening to the ghost host Sophia on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. This is April, the psychic housewife in New Jersey, featured on the travel channels, The Holes of Files. I just wanted to wish my very dear friend, Sophia Temporelli, a very happy 11-year anniversary right here on Live Paranormal. Congratulations, Sophia. I love you and I'm so proud of you. 
That's right, it's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com and now on GhostHunting.com. And unfortunately, we have to retire that last audio bite because next week is going to be starting 12 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com and GhostHunting.com. So congratulations, Sophia. You've helped a lot of people through the years. Fantastic job with this show. And uh, feel free to call in, 347-202-0316. That's 347-202-0316. And feel free as well to jump into the LiveParanormal.com chat room. I'll be posting our guest link into uh, the uh, chat room as well as uh, the phone number for the show and everything too as well. As today, we welcome back medium PGR paranormal investigator and author Paul G. Roberts. Rogers. Sorry. Uh, we'll be discussing his latest book release, uh, When Shadows Are Not Shadows at All, the next chapter. Everyone visit PGRParanormal.com. Personal readings from Paul, 626-483-1967, and Paul Rogers at PGRParanormal.com is where you can directly uh, uh, reach uh, Paul, and as well, Twitter at Paul G. Rogers. He said he's having a little problem with his uh, Twitter uh, recently, but we'll see if that's fixed with him. Televised psychic investigator Jennifer Schaefer will be on the program on the 24th of this month, so you don't want to miss any of these upcoming broadcasts. We have other guests that are uh, booking too as well. Next Saturday, we have psychic Stephanie Ann Stevens will be on the program. We just confirmed as well. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, a, a Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. And also like liveparanormal.com, the Facebook group page, uh, membership packages. They start as low as $2.99 a month. And Rob Sirick, the site founder here, he's great at rewarding the audience. So a lot of you know, they start as low as $2.99 a month, and so a lot of autographed books by some of your favorite paranormal authors and DVDs and things as well. Great giveaways here tonight on Light Paranormal starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, Beyond the Screen and Ghost Light Radio, as well as Chip Coffee of Annie's Paranormal State, Psychic Kids, Kindred Spirits. He's monthly on Monday nights here on uh, Light Paranormal, as well as Ben Hansen, Amy Goodwin, David M. Roundtree, Stefan Brigatti, Andy. Michelle Coppock, Ken Gearhart, and many more on this network. And also, if you miss anything, the archive shows are available as free MP4 iTunes downloads on the homepage of Live Paranormal. Let's bring on our host here, Sophia. Congratulations. 11 years of broadcasting, about to leap into 12 years. Thank you. I can't believe it's already been almost 12 years. I know. You're doing a fantastic job. As I said, you've helped a lot of people through the years with your show. And mom and dad couldn't be prouder. And uh, Sophie, you got all these things. You got the Twitter, the Instagram, all these places. Where can people find you? I'm on Instagram at Sophia Temporelli and Twitter at Sophia Temporelli is one L because my name's too long. So that's super cool. Yeah, we we cursed you with a long name. So just Temporelli with just drop one of the L's in there and you can find Sophia. Tell us about your guest. Today we welcome back medium, PGR paranormal investigator, and author Paul G. Rogers. We will be discussing his latest book release, When Shadows Are Not Shadows at All, the next chapter. Everyone visit PGRparanormal.com, personal readings, call 626-483-1967, Paul Rogers at PGRparanormal.com, Twitter, Paul G. Rogers. Let's welcome him into the show. All right, Paul, is, how's the Twitter doing now? Thanks for coming on. Nah, thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming back on. Um, And congratulations on When Shadows Are Not Shadows at All, the next chapter. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And no, my Twitter account is still 
I guess I'm in jail. Is yeah, what they say, oh, okay. isn't it? But your Facebook's <laughs> good, so. Yeah, that's still good. Well, um, I mean, you have some amazing abilities. You've written some amazing books, but kind of take us back to where it all started. How did you discover you had these abilities? Um, was it an experience you had, or did you just kind of start picking stuff up and go from there? No, what happened was that in 2003, I was diagnosed with uh, arterial sclerosis, and I mm-hmm. had uh, partial blockage in my heart arteries, so I had to go in and have a triple bypass. Done with that about eight months later, I had an awakening is what I like to call it in my house where I was living. And um, I felt the presence in front of me up in my bedroom. And I started hearing a voice saying, I'm an angel from God. And I'm here to give you a message. You're going to start opening up as a medium. We'll send you some people to teach you. And so get ready for this. This is something that you wanted. And it was so strange and just so weird to hear a voice inside my head, which I've never heard before. I wasn't really sure I'd believe it. But then things slowly started coming up, and I started seeing things and hearing things. And then I met Peter James on the Queen Mary, and mm-hmm. uh, he took me he took me under his wing, and he was my my total mentor. Today I still use his um, methods. Well, that's an amazing way to, you know, develop your abilities and kind of have that, you know, bestowed upon you. Um, Before you had all of that occur, did you have an interest in the paranormal or was that not really a topic you ever considered? Oh, yeah, I was interested in the paranormal. Always have been. Mm -hmm. Even my my parents were very interested in it, too. That's how I got into it. And just from there, you know, I used to read books and watch TV shows and I was always very interested in it, but I Absolutely. never thought I'd really be. I never thought I'd be waking up and be able to see and speak to, you know, ghosts and spirits. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I lived in a haunted house, so um, I saw the ghost there. It's definitely not something you expect, even when you're in the paranormal, to kind of experience it on a more day-to-day basis than you know just going to a haunted location. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and everywhere I go, I see ghosts. Everywhere. So I I know you say that um, you're a medium. Do you also have psychic abilities along with that? Are you able to kind of read people? Um, Or is it mainly just, you know, talking to people's loved ones that have passed? Yeah, I'm just a straight medium. I'm not a psychic. I do not tell the future or anything. I connect you with your relatives or friends that have crossed over. Um, I can also tell you who your spirit guide is and maybe connect with them. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And the last thing I do is I remove ghosts from um, houses, buildings, anywhere, and I remove them permanently. I, I know mean, that's really hard. No, I mean, living in a haunted house, I know it's very hard to deal with. Um, You know, what is your process when you're going about, you know, removing a spirit, but also, you know, dealing with individuals in distress like that? 
<laughs> well, people will call me up and tell me what's going on, and I personally make the trip over to their residence. And uh, I can feel all the negative entities that are inside of a house as soon as I walk mm-hmm. up. There's two types of ghosts I see. One I see is six feet tall, and he, he's dressed like the Grim Reaper. And I am... Um, those are the real nasty ones. Those are the ones that will actually um, stick themselves onto you and go with you mm-hmm. wherever, anywhere. The other ones I see are about three feet tall, and they like they're little cowards. They hide up in the attics, in the uh, in your uh, ca- cabinets, closets, other bedrooms, kitchen cabinets too. And at night they come out as I like to say, they come out to play. And that's one thing I do in one of my processes. I start asking people how they're sleeping or they having really weird nightmares or strange dreams, insomnia, depression, all this stuff. That will lead me to the fact that the little ghosts are in the house and I need to get rid of them too. From there, I've gained uh, 12 carry-on angels which have been with me since mm-hmm. uh, 2004. And uh, I gave them all names because I'm terrible with names. So how to give them names that I would remember. And what I do is when I walk into a house, I'll feel an entity, and then I just tell the angel, I call him up by name, and I say, okay, take take um, that ghost and that ghost. Well, the angels only have two hands, so they'll grab two ghosts. They go through the light, through the tunnel, but they go into purgatory and they drop these ghosts off. That's the small and the large ones. And once they're in purgatory, they can never leave and they're judged. That's pretty much I mean, basically that's definitely, how I do it. It's definitely very interesting, you know, to be able to experience that um, on that level of having ghosts. I know in my haunted house, the ghost was in a closet. Um, very creepy. He was pretty awful spirit. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting because even my mom said after that experience, you know, you see on a haunting and on these TV shows that they show ghosts in closets and stuff, and you think that can't be true. We fire spirits just in closets or attics and stuff. But when you actually experience it, that is where they are. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, I know um, you were... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Please go ahead with your question. I was just going to say, um, I know you described the spirits, um, but when you're actually seeing them, are you seeing them as if, you know, you're seeing another person? Is it like a pictured image in your head? Um, how do you actually see them? Well, I see them two ways. I can see them, you know, mm-hmm. in my head, and I'll get a picture of them. And then I describe the person to make sure that this is somebody that the uh, family knows. If it's not, we get rid of them. Uh, the other way is is that I look at they'll uh, appear in front of me, and they'll be like a slowly, um, slowly coming around. Like like maybe I'll see their head first, and then the shoulders, and then kind of keeps going down. Sometimes I only see spirits like from the belly button up. Sometimes I only see their head. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, can you hear me? It's just yeah, no, I can hear you. I mean, okay. I'm just you know relaying it back to my own experiences in a haunted house, and it is you know amazing you have this. Um, I know you said you got this after you know later in life. But um, you also said that your parents had an interest in paranormal. Did you notice anyone else in your family having kind of similar gifts? Yes, my mother. <laughs> my mother, she was a, um, what do they call it, automatic writer. Mm-hmm. And she could see spirits and ghosts, and they would talk to her and all that stuff. That's, do you uh, do automatic writing? No. No, I've tried. My hand doesn't move. <laughs> yeah. No, so I gave I, that. I, feel like I you, gave it up. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a very specific, you know, ability. I, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could. I feel like you have to have a certain calmness to do that. I'm an overthinker, so if I tried that, I don't think it would work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, certain things I feel like when it comes to abilities, you really have to be very zoned in. Yes, yes. And that's why I've also also wrote another book about um, meditation and how to mm-hmm. uh, control and how to control your psychic abilities. And you do it through meditation discipline. Uh, it's a very small book. You can get it off my website. It's a very easy read. I've gone into the internet. I researched a bunch of ways to meditate. Of course, there's thousands of ways. And I just formed my own way of doing it that's worked for me and how to control my abilities. Because if not, I walk around like a bug light and I'm attracting everything and anything. When I shut down all my chakras, then the uh, ghosts don't really seem to notice me and they go away. They don't feel my energy. Mm-hmm. Would you say meditation is kind of the number one thing that helps in developing an ability? Um, what is kind of the number one piece of advice you would give to someone wanting to develop their ability? Exactly, meditation. Get my book and read it. It's very thorough. It'll tell you how to open up, how to close your uh, um, energies, abilities, how you can improve on them or just shut them down permanently. I have a good friend of mine, and he's real psychic about like me, and he says he can't stand it, so he, he always shuts it down. He never uses it at all. Yeah, I mean, being able to see spirits on that level, I can imagine would be so overwhelming at any point. Um, you know, I, I've talked to so many psychics through the years, and I know the number one thing they always want to learn as an individual is just how to kind of turn it off so you don't have that influx constantly. Yes, absolutely. It's not, you know, 100% foolproof. You're still going to see some once mm-hmm. in a while. Like the other couple of weeks ago, I was sound asleep in my bed, and I woke up, and there was this woman's face about a foot away from mine and she was a white female adult with bright red lipstick and had black hair that was pulled back into a ponytail and all of a sudden her face got really close to mine and I jumped and then she leaned back and I saw her her full body 
all of a sudden turn into like wispy smoke and then disappear. Yeah. I mean, I know Peter also had similar experiences to, um, I, I believe um, I was pretty young when I met him, but he had an experience where he saw, he was just in a bathroom at a friend's house and he saw a spirit um, there. And I think most psychics aren't really trying to tune in right then. So as you say, sometimes spirits just flip through because I don't think a bathroom is probably the number one place people try and channel. <laughs> Actually, that's where I find uh, most of the, the big shadow ghosts. I find them in the shower because uh, they are pure, pure energy, and of course, energy and electricity go together, and so they seem to get some kind of extra power out of it. Plus, there's certain types of ghosts I uh, run into in different homes, you know, like uh, murderers, rapists, alcoholics, drug addicts, and child molesters. They refuse to cross over because they're afraid of of whatever. Purgatory, mm-hmm. God's wrath, whatever, the devil. And so I find them in uh, showers all the time. Well, I mean, People... if you're going to be creepy in life, that's probably expected that that would be the <laughs> number one place a creepy person would go. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and people tell me, I don't go in a shower in there. That's too creepy. I'm not going in there. And yeah, that's I, I mean, that like that's my angels. the I'm worst. Sorry. I mean, if you're living in a haunted house, the bathroom and the bedroom are like the two places you really don't want to deal with a ghost, and but you're in a haunted house, so you cannot choose where they go. Oh, that's true. Very true. So, I mean, with this too, um, obviously, you know, you help people with residential cases. Um, do you also do, you know, um, non-residential cases as well? Um, and if so, what are some of your experiences at those places? Uh, probably the most haunted one, uh, haunted place I went to was a historical building down in the city of Whittier. It's an antique warehouse. And it's, it's severely haunted. It still is. And uh, when we were in there, walking around, taking pictures of orbs and stuff, we were about in the middle of the warehouse, probably a good 100 feet away from the entrance, and I heard a piano playing. And I pulled the owner over, and I go, can you hear that? And he says, yeah, there's a piano playing. He said, there's nobody by the front door. We're all here in this one spot. But there is a piano by the front door. So somebody was playing the piano there. It wasn't me. The other thing is I I met a child there. The child goes, yeah, he's about seven, eight years old. And he kept saying, oh, I love the toys here, the toys. Well, we kept walking around this huge antique warehouse, and there was just Mm -hmm. antiques. There was no toys or anything. But when we walked out to leave, attached to the warehouse was uh, two storefronts, and one of the stores was a toy store. Wow. And the kid told me, he goes, I go in there and play with the toys all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder what the employees think. You know, they have it all set up and they come back the next day and I'm sure there's some objects moved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Moved, 
um, they'll hear, uh, they were hearing like females crying, yelling, um, gunshots, a host of other stuff. Yeah, be, be a feeling of really, really a dark presence come right up to them and start pushing on them. It scares them. They refuse to go in certain parts of the warehouse. <clears throat> it goes on and on. Anybody wants to go down there, they'll let you in. It's always open. It's an antique warehouse. Well, that's super cool you got right. to go there. Um, and since it was an antiques warehouse, um, I know you said there's tons of activity. Do you think that that is due to some of the antiques that are in there or primarily due to the building and location itself? Uh, building and location itself. The building originally um, you know, built back in like 1890s was a fruit packing warehouse. Because all around there, and out down to Orange County, as everyone knows, there was orange orchards and other types of fruit trees, and they would bring all the fruit up to this warehouse, and they would you know, clean them up and package them and whatever. Well, of course, they really didn't have really safety protocols in place for the employees. And uh, some employees, they died there, and they're still there. Yeah, I mean, it's really amazing just, you know, how something that seems simple like fruit packing was so dangerous um, back then and just the way that laws have changed and, you know, how many workers are still left behind in places that seem mundane. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've, I've been into converted... Uh, uh, commercial buildings converted into uh, like condominiums or apartments and stuff like that, and that, the places are really, really haunted. It's just it's just from ghosts that are hanging around because of the past, because of the land, or as ghosts do, a lot of them are lost. They don't know where to go, what to do, and they start wandering around. Next thing you know, they're popping into somebody's apartment or condo. Mm-hmm. And to, um, you know, as I was mentioning earlier about the antiques location, whether it was the location versus the objects, um, have you ever dealt with a haunted object? And if so, you know, how do you go about kind of investigating and possibly even removing a spirit from an object? Well, to be real, really honest with you, which is what I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never come across any haunted furniture. Mm-hmm. Furniture or pictures, clothes. The only thing I did come across once, and it's in my book, the next chapter, was a haunted car. And the car was so haunted, she got tired of looking at all the ghosts sitting in the back seat, she finally just sold it. Sold to some other poor schmuck. What oh, kind boy. of car was it? Yeah. Uh, it was a, uh, a mm, I think it was a Mustang, a black Mustang. She mm. said it was a dream car. Just, she loved it. It feels like something, if it, there's a haunted car, it just feels like it would be a Mustang or something like that, like a Camaro or yeah. a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. But then when she first picked up the car and she was driving home, 
she's driving home. She looks in the rearview mirror and she sees an old man sitting in the back seat. <laughs> and she yeah, she she screamed and she almost you know, almost uh, drove into the right shoulder and hit other cars and stuff. And then of course when she stopped, yeah, she turned I wouldn't around. Like that I wouldn't like it either. But, uh, <laughs> you get your and, dream but, car and there's an old man in the back seat. Yeah. Yeah, and then sometimes she would see an old lady, and then sometimes she would see a kid. So I really couldn't figure out where the ghosts were coming from and why they were going inside of a car. Yeah, because you know, the car wasn't that old. So we never did figure it out, and she tried to keep, hold on to it for another couple of months, and she got tired of it, and she sold it off. What do you um, think about to um... – I know mostly when people do encounter a haunted object, it's like a doll or a mirror. Um, why do you think that that would be? Um, I don't know about a, about a mirror, but like dolls and toys, I think what gets attached to them, this is my opinion, is, of course, ghost children. Mm-hmm. The kids were used to playing with that particular toy and everything, so they hang around with it. Because it's familiar, and they enjoy it. They want to be around it. But that's the only reason I can Definitely. think of you want to be around. I've well, heard lots of stories take... about. Well, we have to take a break. Oh, go ahead. No, no I was going to say I know I've heard. A, I've heard a lot of stories about ghosts uh, attaching themselves to a dresser drawer, a picture, and all this other stuff. But I, in all my experience, I got a lot, a lot of years, and I've been a lot, a lot of places. I just don't see why they want to hang around. Why they would hang around, you know, a big chunk of wood or a picture. They might be hanging around in the house because they either lived in the house or they enjoy the family that's there or Whatever. Yeah, I'm definitely. Not really a um, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I definitely. I mean, an object, you know, they're they're kind of fleeting in life. So you would think you'd be more attached to, you know, a place you called home. Yeah, attached to your know, family, house, land. Southern California has a very, very, very violent history. Definitely. Um, Now we have to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with more questions. Yes, the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Our guest today, we welcome back medium, PGR Paranormal Investigator and author Paul G. Rogers. Everyone, his book is When Shadows Are Not Shadows at All, the next chapter. And it's available on Amazon.com. Everyone visit, too, as well. You can uh, purchase PGR paranormal.com that's pgrparanormal.com personal readings with paul 626-483-1967 paul g rogers at pgrparanormal.com twitter at paul g rogers as he mentioned he's having a little problem with twitter right now so yeah definitely go to pgrparanormal.com right now too as well it's the ghost host show with sophia temporarily on liveparanormal.com we'll be right back Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Coast with the most, Sophia Temporelli, only on Live Paranormal 
www.thebigdogs.com. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Erica Buterhaney, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Stay parafabulous. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files. And you're listening to <laughs> Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself into your mix of, of voiceovers now. I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break. Oh, poor Dave. Left out of the audio bites there. So you just threw it in during the show. There we are. Okay, Sophia and Paul, uh, you're back on. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for coming on today. You're welcome. I look forward to it. So, I mean, I know you mentioned your book earlier. Um, again, congratulations on the release. Um, but can you tell us more about When Shadows Are Not Shadows at All, the next chapter? I sure can. Um, I realized that when I started uh, working on uh, an ambulance and becoming a paramedic and stuff. I realized that I was getting myself into a lot of situations where I could have been severely hurt or even shot or even beat up. But I kept mm-hmm. getting out of these situations without a scratch. And I always, always, always felt that somebody or something on the other side has been watching me making sure I don't get hurt. And that's partially what the book is about when I was a paramedic. And uh, some of the things I went to went through mm-hmm. working as a paramedic. Later on, later on after I was done and burned out as a paramedic, I went to work for the California Highway Patrol Communications Center, and that's when I had a this stuff seemed to follow me around. I ended up running out to the Hollywood freeway and saving a CHP officer's life after he'd been run over by a car. Once again, uh, nothing happened to me in the middle of the freeway. Nobody ran me over, and, and we saved the Lee. And you know, he's still doing. He's doing very, very good. He's uh, very well, and he's retired. 
well, that's amazing you were able to save his life. Um, and, and great that, you know, you were there to save him. And I'm sure he's very happily retired now, too, after an incident like that. Yes. There's also other ghost stories in here. There's the, But there's the, uh, the one story about uh, when I went over to the murder-suicide house. Did you have a mm-hmm. chance to read the whole book? Yes, I started reading it. I wasn't able to finish, but for the audience to um, let them know about it. I will. It was one week after this incident happened out in uh, Marina Valley. I think it was Marina Valley. What had happened is that the lady that was living there inside this house the year before had dated a gentleman well, it turned out he was very over-possessive and one of those stalker types. So mm-hmm. she finally ended up breaking up with him, but he kept he would keep driving by. He would park down the road to watch her. He would end up in the same grocery store as her and watching. And it kept going and going and going. <coughs> and uh, she got a restraining order to keep him away. She got floodlights in the front yard. Uh, the motion sensor ones to keep people away. And she talked to her neighbors saying, if you see him, call me right away. I'll call the cops and on and on. Well, what had happened is that she was in her house with a a male friend of hers. And they're just sitting around talking. And this stalker came up. And she even had cameras outside too. And he, he walked up to the garage and sat stood there staring at it. Then he walked around to the right of the garage up to the front door. He stood there at the front door, started shooting through the door. Of course, uh, my client and her friend, they go, whoa, and they both hit the ground. The stalker kicked in the door, walked in, and shot the male friend. And he went down. Then he went and stood over him and shot him again. Then he turned towards the uh, woman, and she started running across the house, and he was shooting at her. She dove behind a couch, and he kept shooting, but he was shooting high, and she was lying flat. So he was shooting high, so he mm-hmm. totally missed her. And, and then it got real quiet. And she kind of peeked over the couch, and uh, the guy looked right at her, and I think he said, uh, "No, you don't. You don't get to get away from this." And he put the gun to his own head and he pulled the trigger. That's what happened. And uh, I mean, it made the newspapers and everything. I went and looked it up, and I read the whole story. One week later, she called me up. And said, he's still here, still here in the house. You've got to come and please get rid of him. He is just driving me nuts. He's getting into my dreams. I wake up in the middle of the night. He's in my bedroom. Uh, things are being thrown. Things are missing. So when I went on down there, the poor thing, she was standing out front of her house, shaking so bad, trying to smoke. I told her, <clears throat> it'll be okay now. We'll take care of it. I walked up to it, her front door, and I saw the bullet holes. We walked in, 
and um, the house had already been cleaned up. The couch that he was shooting through was still there, and I saw the bullet holes that went through the couch. And uh, I started cleaning out the house. There was a lot of other ghosts there. But apparently this this uh, this uh, stalker guy was playing with her. She had, you know, those uh, hand-blown glass animal figures? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I used to buy them at Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> but um, yeah. she had one, and it, it was probably a good four inches high. Well, it kept being moved around the house by this guy. Well, one of her friends came over one day, and she said, please, take this. It was in the shape of a dragon. She said, take this. Take it home. I don't want to see it anymore. Well, she she left. She lived like 10 minutes away. So she took the mm-hmm. dragon and went home. The next day she got up, the dragon was back in her house on the counter. Wow. Oh. I said, okay, we're going to get rid of this. So I said, do you have a hammer? She goes, yeah. So she got me a hammer, and I took this dragon outside, and I pounded it into dust. Then I went through the house again, and I found him. I found this guy. He was hiding in a bathroom in the shower, and Mm -hmm. he tried to come at me, and I think he was trying to hit me or something, but nothing ever happened. But he was yelling and screaming and cussing at me. I said, you're done here, and I had one of my angels grab him and haul him over to purgatory. After cleaning out her house, she never called me again with any problems, no ghost problems at all. Wow. Well, that's amazing you were able to help her. I mean, it is a great book as well um, from the parts I've been able to read, um, so definitely everyone make sure to go pick it up. Um, when shadows are not shadows at all, the next chapter. Um, and where can people find it? On my website, pgrparanormal.com. And if you look it under my name, it's uh, Paul G. Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S. A lot of pe- people put a D in there. Yeah, and sorry, I'm the well, one that's you. taking the book now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can go online. Or- you can go online and order any one of the books. The first book I wrote was is about how I became a medium, how I got involved in it, all my time with Peter, and some ghost stories, and then a ghost story at the very end of of my uh, my wife's and I own ghost story that happened to us at a place in uh, Lake Arrowhead. It was a really good story. Um, okay, getting back. To my uh, paramedic days, there was a lot of times when mm-hmm. I felt there was an angel standing over me. On the At the end of the book, I, I put in a story about me delivering a baby and uh, how we had a hard time trying to get it to uh, breathe. And all the uh, techniques I had to use to try to bring it back. Mm-hmm. But I'll leave it at that so you people can buy it and read it. Absolutely. And it's it, a great book, and thank you for sending it as well. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. There's also paramedic stories in there, uh, which is really strange for a paramedic. I was shot at. We were threatened with death by uh, gangbangers. Um, 
people who had caused uh, uh, were involved in fights, they caused physical harm, and I got there to the patient, and and the suspect is still standing there right over me. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I know you mentioned so, an yeah, angel, did... a guy didn't in your book uh, named John. Is there something you pick up with Sophia, some type of angel or spirit guide for her? Yeah, Sophia, you have an angel hanging around you. You got something I mean, coming yeah, up people... soon. I do? You got uh-huh. com- yeah, you do. You got something coming up pretty soon you're going to get involved in. I'm not sure what it is, but it will make you a little extra busy for a little while. Well, that would be good. <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely... Yeah, I need busy. That would be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, an angel is definitely something you want around you, especially in this line of work. So I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> definitely, yes, absolutely. And I'm so glad I got mine. It's like every day I'm crossing something over, even in my front yard. <laughs> when you got that for for Sophia, was that a, a voice told you or somebody directly communicating that to you? How do you get uh, impressions? Oh, what I do is that I breathe out. And since I've been doing this for so many years, it's pretty much automatic to me. But I breathe out and relax my whole body. And then I concentrate on her. And then things just stop popping in my head. Like her, her spirit guide. You have a female spirit guide. Her name is Sylvia. It's definitely interesting. Um, do you know anything about Sylvia? Hold on a sec. Hey, Sophia, do you like the mountains? I I definitely like um I definitely like kind of nature like that. Like I love the rain and stuff, and um so I I think the mountains and stuff like that is really pretty. It is. I love the mountains, too. Uh, Three lives ago, that's where you met Sylvia. You two were friends living somewhere where there's a lot of mountains and forests and big trees and stuff somewhere in between Idaho and Montana. Let's see. Back in the 1700s. And when you, you know, when you have a spirit guide, it's somebody that you, you really trust and you really, really want them to be with you when you come back down on the search so they can help you mm-hmm. along in your life. You can talk to her anytime. She can hear you. I don't know if she'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, I definitely would wonder, you know, I since you did say that it's from a past life, um, it, obviously you've seen this before. When you are, when you see kind of someone from a past life and then their current life, is there much change in personality or are they very similar um, from their previous life to the current one? Sometimes it is similar, but most of the time it's not. Mm -hmm. When people come back here, you know, they want to change things. They want to experience different stuff. 
different illnesses, uh, different lifestyles? I can definitely say from the 1700s till now, I'm big on the experience of air conditioning. <laughs> That's all I think <laughs> when I hear in the 1700s. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm surprised I ever survived in a time like that, even in a past life. <laughs> well, don't feel bad. You've had 18 lives. I've had 80 yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot more than, yeah. Yeah. Seventeen hundred. Yeah. I'm just like. Oh, I've oh, had eighty. That's a I'm lot. tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I would be tired after eighteen, but um, it is amazing <laughs> that you're able to pick up on stuff like that. Um, and and you know that you know spirit guides are someone you knew in a previous life. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. Uh, you know especially since you can kind of navigate, do you, are you able when you pick up something like that on someone to kind of know what happened to them that led the, to the end of that previous life? Um, say that last part one more time. So you said my, one of my previous lives was in the 1700s. When you pick up stuff yes. like that, are you able to find out like, you know, um, that that person had, that life had ended due to like, the plague or, or something like that. Oh, you want to know how you died? I'm, I'm mildly curious, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, believe it or not, people rarely ask me how they died. They just want to know how things were back then. But Uh, your spirit guide's telling me that you drowned in a lake. Oh my god! I always I have like this fear of like ships, so I always like had it. I had like an idea that I drowned. I, I am like oh, I'm like a big thing where I do not like cruise ships or anything like that. Water. Like Afraid I'm okay water. with water, but water you can't see the bottom of like where I drop something in there and can lose it forever. That kind of creeps me out. Like knowing that there could the be a shipwreck under you is like a little bit. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I totally understand. So I was just kind of curious. I was like, I, totally I feel like I probably died in a shipwreck at some point. Well, he may have. So that's, it's very interesting that you picked up on that. Um, for people who, you know, want to get readings by you or just find out what you're doing next, where can people find you? Um, do you have any websites, upcoming interviews, or anything that you would like to mention? I don't have anything coming up right now, but uh, you can go into my website and keep it current. That's pgrparanormal.com. And please feel free. If you have questions or whatever, you can call me. I have my personal phone number in there. You can also uh, text me and and or email me. Or um, what's the other one they use nowadays? There's <laughs> so many, you know. Different oh, oh yeah, messaging. for sure. Yeah, we've been writing. We've <laughs> been corresponding yeah, Facebook, there. Facebook, but don't, don't go to Twitter. <laughs> I'm not there. Oh, Messenger. Right. You can contact me through Messenger. Yeah, there's lots of social medias. Honestly, I'm young and I don't even keep up with them all. I'm, I'm half confused 
most of the time. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today, Paul. It was great getting to talk to you, as always. Um, and thank you for letting me sending the book, first off, and uh, letting me know about my spirit guide, Sylvia. Um, and anyone else who wants to find out more about their spirit guide or talk to a past loved one, make sure to contact Paul. Um, he's a really great guy. Um, and as you said, you can go to his website, call him, um, or, you know, hit him up on Messenger. Yeah, thanks, Paul. You're absolutely welcome. And Sophie, you know, I've actually watched you grow up. I remember when you were real little hanging around with Peter James. <laughs> I remember you taking pictures with him and stuff when you were little. But you've grown up into a, quite an intelligent woman with a, as I understand it, it's the, the show, your show is really a, a big thing. It's a hit. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you through the years as well. So that's yeah, really thanks, great. Paul. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome back dial. anytime. Okay. All right, Paul. Thanks. Yeah, well, fantastic thanks, show today, Paul. Sophia. Absolutely. Paul was such a great guest. I want to thank you all for listening. The show definitely would not be possible without all of you, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Yeah, and for Paul Rogers, too, his book, uh, the title, um, When Shadows Are Not Shadows at All, the Next Chapter, and uh, pick up both titles and, and uh, go sequentially, too, as well. So PGRParanormal.com, that's PGR for Paul G. Rogers. So PGRParanormal.com, personal reading, 626-483-1967. Paul Rogers at PGRParanormal.com. Twitter, like you said, kind of hold on to that for until the bugs get out at Paul, at Paul, Rod, Paul G. Rogers. That's his uh, handle there. Upcoming, we have Stephanie Ann Stevens. She confirmed during the show that uh, she'll be on uh, next Saturday, the 10th. Televised psychic investigator Jennifer Schaefer. She'll be on the program on the 24th. Uh, psychic Rick Hayes. This just happened to work out like this. Psychic Rick Hayes will be at – it's summertime. We have ghost hunters and psychics uh, promoting, too, and their new releases. So psychic Rick Hayes will be on the program on July 15th, we have other people that are securing their guest spots, so you don't want to miss these upcoming shows. So like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. Great show, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Debbie Francion, Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli, on Live Paranormal. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.LiveParanormal.com the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.